to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Father God, I thank you for your blessings, God. I thank you for your goodness and your glory and your favor and your love that is so unconditional, Father. I thank you that you love us like no one can love us ever, God. You are such a good daddy. And we worship you, Lord. And I just thank you today for the anointing that's in me and on me, Father. And I thank you that you bless and use these vocal cords, Father, to speak forth your will for your people. Father, I thank you that everyone here and online later who listen to this will be blessed and will take something from it, Father, that will not just change their life, but transform their life, Father, for good and for you, God, to go further in the kingdom. So I come against the enemy right now, any distractions, any voices right now that are speaking to you, saying something different. I rebuke that right now in Jesus name. And I thank you that your spiritual ears are open to receive everything that the Lord has for you. Not just one thing, because he's a good God that blesses us tremendously, that you receive everything that he has for you today. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Okay. My computer went out. Hold on. Thank you, Jesus. Let me say right off the bat to um, the Lord's been really speaking to me about the body of Christ. And because and I really believe it's because what is about to transpire and take place that the body has to be ready. Okay. He wants us to be his glorious church, not just the church. We've been the church too long. That's why we got a bunch of foolishness going on. That's why we got men competing. Okay. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. I am not one to preach things that are trending. I preach what's trending through the kingdom. But I'm not a scaredy cat preacher that's not going to demand and deal with some things in the spirit from the demon and demonic activity and attacks they try to put on the people. So yeah, I did see that a man was competing, competing against women and swimming and people thought that was okay. Regardless, you're a biological man. Your body is made differently. God created you to be that way, to be stronger than a woman. So I don't care. I don't want to say my husband's name, but I can use him. He won't be mad. If Ben all of a sudden decides to say, I'm no longer being, I'm, I'm Berenica. <laughs> Benisha. And I'm going to run a race against some women because now I'm identifying as a woman. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Something's going on mentally with you. And we get it. It's spiritual. We can hit that thing. But please don't get mad at me when I speak against it and all of a sudden I'm displaying hate and bigotry. I can sit all day and talk about the illegitimacy we got going on in the White House, but I'm not going to do that. Because I still choose to believe prophets. Period. Period. I can sit and talk about gas prices. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that either. Because I know I'm part of a different type of kingdom. 
that you can inflate all you want, baby, but I know who has me in any type of inflation and blessing, and that's the Father of God. That's the King of kings, Lord of lords, who blesses me financially, then I'm blessed. So when I have to go up and fill my tank up and it says 80, I'm like, hallelujah, God. Thank you that I have the money. You supplied it already. Thank you that I have a vehicle to drive that I could put gas in. Thank you, Father. You have blessed me tremendously regardless of what happens, that there is no end coming for me because you have blessed me tremendously, baby. You said you are my provider, God. So I thank you. You provided this $80. And I thank you because it's 80. I think you got, got another 80 on the way. I thank you, Father, that you blessed me when I can't even fathom it. But I'm not going to go there. I'm going to start with what the Lord said and what he's trending with me. He said the body of Christ has to be ready. For some of the men who were not at women's, he had me already start at Empower the last time. It's speaking about the different types of um, uh, body parts that we are as far as discerning the nose, the eyes, and things like that. So now he wants me hit on another part of it, which is um, fivefold. But I got more with the fivefold. But I remember when I was getting a massage uh, a little while ago, and as, as I was having my girl, I won't say her name, she's my girl, I love my massages, that's my me time. I'm really big on self uh, care. <laughs> and as she was giving me my massage, it, you're very quiet too, and that's when I think the Lord really just speaks to me too. And he was saying this is what he's doing to the church, is he's gonna get the knots out. The man-made rules and knots gotta come out. The knots of, of false doctrines. The knots of lukewarmness. He's going to add pressure to those areas. And the knots of these Christian celebrities. Listen, we're going to hit some stuff because I, I'm sick of this faking it till you make it stuff. That's not from God. You don't fake anything till you make it. Where are we getting this stuff? Where is this stuff that says do it anyway, but do it in fear? Why? When the Lord says he did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. But we say this stuff so much in the church, we think it's in the word and it's not. So he said he's done with that. He's done with this, this, this fill in the blank, cookie cutter messages. He's done with this. You get 15 minutes for worship. You get 10 minutes for a word. We're going to take up tithes and go home. And you go home with the same old message you came in here with. He said the church can't do what he's called us to do if we still have a whole bunch of stuff that we're dealing with and we're not free and delivered from. Well, we don't have true revelation of understanding us. So we can't come ourselves and hear this good word that TCVC gives and then we still go home with the same stuff. We're still not walking out what we're learning in the word. So when we're truly walking out what we're learning in the word, it won't be any issues because we know what it is right away. We know how to deal with that thing. We're not doing this. People staying comfortable in their little programs anymore. I'm done with that. He's done with that. Listen, if you don't pick up your sword right now in this hour, you will be in trouble. Let's go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, we're going to start at verse 4 and go down to 13. And I'm probably going to read from the Amplified. There is one, you guys there? You okay? Okay. There is one body and one spirit, just as there is also one hope that belongs to the calling you received. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is above all, sovereign over all, pervading, pervading all, and living in us all. 
Yet grace, God's unmerited favor, was given to each of us individually, not indiscriminately, but in different ways, in proportion to the measure of Christ's rich and bounteous gift. Therefore, it is said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. He led a train of vanquished foes, and he bestowed gifts on men. But he ascended. Now, what can this he ascended from the wait. What can this he ascended mean? But that he had previously descended from the heights of heaven until the depths and lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the very same as he who also has ascended high above all the heavens that he, his presence might fill all things, the whole universe from the lowest to the highest. And his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us and women, some to be apostles, special messengers, some prophets, inspired preachers and expounders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherds of his flock and teachers. His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward, um, toward building up Christ's body, the church, that it might develop until we all attain openness in the faith and then a comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the son of God, that we might arrive at really mature manhood, the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ and the completeness found in him. Amen. As you just heard me read that the fivefold was given to us by Jesus to equip the saints. You need to be equipped for you to be able to do the work and fight against the enemy. They're not positions. Fivefold is just not a position. It's not a hierarchy like, oh, they're over everybody, they the king and queen. It's, it's not about that. They're not just random callings. Jesus didn't just make up some descriptions and say, here to fivefold. There are five facets of Jesus, who he is, his ministry. He operated in each one. He was an apostle. He was a prophet. He was an um, evangelist. He was a pastor and he was a teacher. He divided all of his anointings, his anointings, so that he can give them to the church, so that he can also reveal himself here on the earth. And let me tell you, we can't just have a portion of Jesus. You can't just be at a church and just has a pastor. Because you only have one-fifth of Jesus. Now, a pastor, it's not bad just to have a pastor. It's not bad. At least you got some of him. But I personally prefer a full pie. I don't want just a piece of the pie. I want the whole pie. Because if you only have one out of five, then you're operating in a dysfunctional type kingdom. And God's not calling us to be in a dysfunctional kingdom. Satan is not even threatened if you go to a church and just have a pastor. He ain't threatened by that. He ain't threatened by a pastor who just caring for the sheep. I'm just thinking about the sheep, making sure the sheep is okay. He don't care anything about that. Because we got enough sheeps in the body. We need some lions to raise up and, ro and roar up in here. We need some warriors to be awakened. You just can't stay a sheep. Okay? So we're going to break down these functions. The first one is apostle. There are 25 named apostles in the New Testament. 24 men and one woman. Her name was Janice. What do apostles do? They birth people out. They're called generals. They're, they're called to a certain region. They blaze trails. They break rules. <laughs> they fight against the ruling principalities in the area. They release and empower and help the other gifts work together for the vision by laying the foundation and then placing pastors there. Let's, let me say this. PT, Pastor Tom, is a pastor, but he also functions apostolically. Now, prophets are all throughout the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament, but I'm going to hit on the New Testament. There's 11 named prophets in the New Testament. 
They sound the alarm. They always, they're always live streaming every day to the supernatural around them. Everything. You see a bird. Oh, that's the Lord saying to open your wings and fly. And, and do, no, see, that, that's how you start thinking when you're doing that. They, um, they, they, the prop with prophets, it's not the gift of information or the word of the Lord. It's the ability that they have to give the information, to communicate it and articulate it, to give voice to what God is saying. Now, there's a difference. I'll make sure you hear this. There's a difference between a prophet and someone being prophetic. I'm just going to clear that up. Everyone can be prophetic. Yes. Everyone's not called to an office of a prophet. I'm, I'm going to be clear with that because some people think they, they're prophetic, that they call to the prophetic office. Well, you're not. That's just a gift that God has given you for right now. Prophets are just they're, they're reminders that God is still looking at you, loving on you. Even when you don't feel him, see him, or think he cares about you, prophets are reminders to say, yes, God still loves you. He still called you to do this thing. He's calling you still to do this and that. They got a message sometimes that's very difficult, but they don't care. They got to prepare the way for him. We don't care. Many times we look very crazy. We look crazy. People get upset with you. They walk out on you. They don't care. But, you know, when you're a prophet, it's like, I got to speak the word of the Lord. It doesn't matter. People walk out. It doesn't matter if you don't like me. It doesn't matter if you don't agree. I just got to speak forth the word of this Lord. And he got to take care of the rest. I'm going to speak what you say, God. And it may sound crazy to everyone. I may be the only one saying it, but I'm going to say it. So you got to take care of the word that you have in me to speak. And this is why the enemy is so trying to attack prophets in this hour to shut down the voice of God and say that people are false and they miss this or that. But I will tell you, you're not going to shut us down, Satan. You're not going to do it because it says in the word, Amos 3, 7 says, surely the Lord God would do nothing but he reveal his secret unto the prophets. We got to speak things in the atmosphere even for it to start going forth. We also need prophets who have the prophetic flow and not the pathetic flow. Sometimes the prophet speaking, you're like, that's just pathetic. They don't even line up to the word. I know. Stop it. Sit down. Sit down. <laughs> some prophets are seers. Some are scribes. Some are musical. Got to use prophets in all of those avenues and probably some more. Apostles and prophets will work together because they are forerunners and pioneers and they take risk. They tired the status quo. They get out the box. They get out the safety zone. They have zero tolerance for mediocrity. I'm just trying to talk a little bit about myself so y'all can understand me. When y'all see me say something to y'all and y'all getting mad, this is, God, it's called, this is my function. <laughs> Don't blame me. I'm still working on it. Jesus, help me, Lord. Mm. Prophets give us prophetic strategies while apostles will work together and give us wisdom on how to apply those strategies. Okay? There's one evangelist in the New Testament named Philip. Now, evangelists will get you saved every week. They start talking to you. You want to repent about everything. You didn't even do anything. Evangelist talks to you. I'm just going to repent because I think that's just safe. I just, you saying I got to get saved again? Okay. Like you trust. Evangelists is, listen, they don't mind telling people about Jesus. They got this boldness about them. They'll blow through the church, make you repent seriously every time and then blow out. And you're like, what just happened? Where they go? They on to get the next people saved. They are not needed only outside of the four walls of the church because evangelists always say, I, I got to go outside the four walls. No, you, you need it inside the four walls too because you're used as a reminder that we're all called to evangelize. All of us. And that's why I think a lot of people don't like to evangelize because they feel other people are doing it. Well, guess what? You're the other people. It's you. There's only one named pastor in the New Testament. No, there's not one named pastor in the New Testament. 
but every church has one. Isn't that funny? Let me tell you about pastors. I'll tell you about Pastor Tom, not, not me. <laughs> Pastor Tom. Well, I will encourage you to. We'll encourage you, counsel you, teach and preach the word of God. But PT will lead you along the still waters. He going to lead you along. But prophets and apostles going to lead you along the raging. Like, I just, you coming along the raging water with me, I might push you in. I'm just saying. Pastor Tom will keep you and have a life jacket for you. Make sure you're okay. Just saying. <laughs> prophets and apostles will dwell in the, the confront. They will dwell in the realm of confronting. And they think more about a person's growth than your feelings. Pastors going to make sure you're okay with your mind, will, and emotions. They're in a, they, they dwell in the realm of protecting you and guarding you, right? They demonstrate the ministry of patience. Isn't that PT? He's the most patient man. I thank God for him because I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that he functions that way because I don't function that way. I have patience. It's a fruit of spirit. But I don't. I have zero tolerance for mediocrity. That's, listen, that's my family. That's my family. Pastor Tom and pastors will, will hear and support you, hear and direct you, hear and push back on you. They do some marital counseling. They put out fires. I keep saying they. Tasha, stop it. You a pastor. Put out fires and have a special gift when it comes to strife. Now, listen, I'll tell you, like I've been saying, I do. I have a gift in the position of a pastor. I do. But I know my function is more of the prophet side. That, that's just it. My husband, also in the gift a position of a pastor. But his function is a teacher, as you've just seen it. I'm going to give this disclaimer out before I talk about him, because I already told him I was putting him on blast when I preach. I said, I'm just talking about you. I'm just telling you right now. Did I, and I said it so everyone could know I did. Thank you. I said it. And then he just did it. So listen, there's five named teachers in the New Testament. Let me tell you about my husband as a teacher. He's going to give you the facts, Okay. He want to protect the information. He going to look stuff up and say, this is what it says in the word all the time. They break down the Bible scripture. Going to give you the, the Hebrew version of the word, the Greek version of the word, the Aramaic version, the English version, the, the Japanese version, every version of the word. And it's just like, I just want to do one word. <laughs> I'll go to Ben. Hey, where does it say this in the Bible? He'll give me scripture and verse. This is where it is. But after he gave me scripture and verse, he's going to break it down to me, say exactly what the verse means, and say how this is how you apply it in your life. And then I'm just like, bro, I didn't sign up for your webinar or your seminar. I just, I just want you to just tell me where the, the Bible, chapter verse is. Don't give me anything else. I, I did not sign up for this. Then I got to cut him off. Babe, I love you. I got to go. And just because he keeps going. Like, I should start recording him. Because... <laughs> Listen, that's what teachers do. They're going to they're gonna back up what they say in the word, and that, that's just how it is. Prophets is like, God said it, God said it, God said it. I don't care. Teachers will say, I studied this in the word. I studied this in the word. I studied this in the word. So you see the difference, the function? That's why we need all five gifts. We need all five gifts, all five offices, all five mentalities. And I'm going to tell you, Satan tries to fight against this thing because he knows how critical it is for the body of Christ. And that's why so many churches are missing the fivefold. And I was studying about fivefold. I started thinking, I see why mega churches cannot have a fivefold ministry. They don't because they have that one celebrity pastor who is set right there on everything and there's no one else. Well, where's your fivefold? Where's the prophet in the place? Where's the apostle in the place? Where's your evangelist? Where's your teacher? Where are they? We just have a pastor and a celebrity. They will never operate in a fivefold because they're too stuck in their structures and their seeker-friendly environments. Yeah, I said it. Listen. 
And for those who say God has called them outside the four walls and God has not called them to a church, how can God call you outside the four walls if you're not inside the four walls to learn so you can operate outside the four walls? So that's just you in the flesh. To hearing that I got my own spirit and you do, you have your own Holy Spirit. But if the Lord is saying it in his word, as we said earlier, this ain't no book of fables and stories. This is truth. He said it. We got to be under a five-fold ministry to learn. We need them to work together to equip us all. Let me say the apostle, let's say if we had an army and we were all come together as an army. The apostle is a general. He knows why the army exists, what territory to take, how we need to defend that territory. Prophets are like the drill sergeants. They're going to give you the orders. They don't care if you got a pillow as a soldier to sleep on. They don't care if you ate. This is the order and you're going to follow through with the order. Evangelists are the recruiters. Hey, we want to have you come on to the, come on in the kingdom of the army kingdom with us. Come on, we got great benefits. That's the evangelist. Pastors are the medics. Thought of you. Pastors are the medics. They're going to be cooking for the, for the soldiers, making sure they have pillows. Are you comfortable? Do you see how that is? Teachers are the instructors. They're going to talk about the, the strategy that we have as an army. Now, some of you, I'm saying the reason the Lord, I believe, is having me say this, because some of you are, are definitely called to the fivefold. Okay? But I don't want you to have your identity wrapped in a title when you should just operate in the function already. Before I got the title, function, anything called pastor, I was operating in it. People would say to me, are you a pastor of a church? I'm like, no. And I would frown at them. No. Oh my God, why would you even say that? I don't want to know. No. I was doing prophetic and being a prophet stuff before I even knew what it was. And you know how I started seeing this? is because of fivefold people. I had people coming to me saying, you're called to do this. You're called to preach. You're called to pastor. God is calling you the prophetic. Now he's speaking to you saying you're a prophet. I had to have the fivefold people come to me. I had my husband speaking in my ear all the time. You're called to preach when I wasn't thinking about preaching at all. I thought he was a looney tune. And I'm like, you need deliverance because I don't think you're hearing from God. <laughs> so he's saying this. Then I got Pastor Tom in my face all the time. God's called you to preach. God's called you to preach. Guess what you're called to preach? Guess what? You know you're a pastor. Guess what you don't? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Then I had people I didn't even know who didn't come to this church who was coming to me saying, God's calling you to preach. He's going to preach. You're a pastor. You're a prophet. You did this. And I'm like, here we go. But you need the fivefold. And that's what God uses. He uses all of them and all of us to speak and encourage us in what he's calling us to do. Okay? Yes. And while we're working together in our different functions, all of us, all of us, we're not being in competition at all. We're not feeling threatened with each other at all. I'm okay. Pastor Tom is a senior pastor of the house. Yeah, he's completely different from me. I get that. He does operate in a, in a way better grace of patience than I do. And that's not a, a dig on me or dig on him. It's just, it is what it is. My husband operates also in a certain grace because I'm very black and white. Ben has that grace to side. He has more of that pastoral side, that grace to go, babe, maybe it's like this or see it in this way. And that's the thing. I don't have a problem when someone comes to me and say, hey, see a little different if you're talking to me in, in that grace and love. And I'm not saying the love because let's, let's get over this fable. People feel if you come and say something to them and you didn't, they don't like what you said, then all of a sudden you ain't walking in love. 
no, I love you so much. I'm saying it to you this way. And, and that's the thing. You can go and say someone the nicest thing ever and say, please, can you please hear what I'm saying to you? Because I really want to make sure you hear me saying this in love. And you will still think I just said it rude and nasty controlling. That's on you then. That's all I'm saying. So let me see. Turn to Romans 12, 4. But I will say, when you are enlisted in the kingdom army, you're just supposed to be focused on kingdom affairs. You don't focus on civilian affairs. Hallelujah. Where am I going? We're going to Romans 12, okay, 4. While you're turning there, I'm going to read off 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments given by the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts. Romans 12, 4, we're going to go to 10. And it says, for as in one physical body, we have many parts, organs, members, and all of these parts do not have the same function or use. So we, numerous as we are, are one body in Christ. And individually, we are parts, one of another, mutually dependent on one another. Having gifts, faculties, talents, and qualities that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. He whose gift is prophecy, let him prophesy according to the proportion of his faith. He whose gift is practical service, let him give himself to serving. He who teaches to his teaching. He who exhorts, encourages to his exhortation. He who contributes, let him do it simplicity and liberality. He who gives and... I'm sorry, gives aid and superintends with zeal and singleness of mind. He who does acts of mercy with genuine cheerfulness and joyful eagerness. Let your love be sincere. A real thing. Hate what is evil. Loathe all ungodliness. Turn in horror for wickedness. But hold fast to that which is good. And verse 10 says, love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family, giving precedence and showing honor to one another. I can read the rest, but they'd be good for refreshing your spirit. But because of time, I won't. We'll start right there. So the, the function of the fivefold is basically to help release the gifts in us. They help achieve our purpose and our calling. Now, although we know we have different gifts according to the grace that was given, that means everyone, that, that, that means that not everyone has the same gift or talent, okay? As you see, we had a variety of teachers that te taught on Wednesday, just a variety. And speaking of that, I forgot to mention that. Wednesday is gonna be Chrissy and Pat, okay? Another variety, sorry, I forgot about that. Chrissy and Pat is going to do Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. So as you saw, we had a variety of gifts. No, not one of them were the same. Not one of them. Everyone has a different gift. Everyone has a different way that they function. So that's why you saw that. Ben and I and Pastor Tom all have a different way of pastoring. We all function in that gift, but we all have different ways. And that's great because we all, the thing is we're all different, just like everyone was different teaching, but we all going together as the same goal. See what I'm saying? We're all in unity in that area. Because I tell you, when Jesus sees me, he ain't going to say, well done, good and faithful prophet, Tasha. Well done, good and faithful servant. He's not putting a title on top of that baby. Let me tell you, when, when, when Maria or, or um, James, they both do deliverance. They do it very differently. And that's okay. We're glad they're doing it. That's the, that's the, way, that's the way it should. Because the goal is get the demons out. If James doing it away and it works for him, praise God, do it. Maria's doing it away, praise God, it works. Just get the demons out. That's the, that's the main goal. They're getting people free from demons, okay? And let me tell you, the most critical people who talk about the gifts of the spirits are the ones who don't even flow in it. Amen. Jesus, help me, Lord. They would sit and tell you all kind of stuff. Don't do it that way. 
I don't do it that way. You should be doing it this way. That's not even for today. <laughs> we can go on and on and, and on. I remember that um, a couple of months ago, I had a woman's thing and had a lot of teenagers there and there was some deliverance going on that happened at the altar. Just really, really quick, really quick. And, you know, and I had people voice their opinions and come to me and say things and I was fine. I don't have a problem with people because I'm always like, if there's a way we can do it better to make it more effective, I'm for that. I don't have this pride thing going on because baby, if there's a way we can beat up even more demons, let's do it. What do you think? How should we do it? But I had to sit there and think, okay, Lord, am I going to listen and flow in what everyone else is saying or am I going to flow in the way you're having me to do it? Because everyone is different. So I had to flow in the way he was showing me with these teenagers getting delivered. And it happened so quickly. I really went up there and just touched them and say fire and they were screaming. Ah! And I'm like, okay. And then you go to the next one and this one's still screaming and this one's screaming. We just had to get busy. Like, <laughs> right? We, we didn't have time to move anybody. It's just you finna get delivered here. We got to clean up the carpet. It is what it is. Because we're not letting anybody leave here that's manifesting like that. Go ahead home. We're we going to see you later because we're we not prepared. No, we are prepared. This is TCVC. We have the kingdom in us. We're prepared. So you have to also know people will say things to you, and it's okay. But it's just that what voice are you really going to listen to? What God is telling you to do or the opinions of everyone else? Okay? Because when I tell you, when, when somebody's going through something, I can't go to them and say, listen, the Bible says this. They're going to look at you like, what they need is they need to see some gifts of the spirit being operated in you to speak into their life, lay hands on them, cast the devil out. What do they need? And it's not called gifts of the scripture. It's called gifts of the spirit. Now, the word is the word. We know the word works, okay? I can speak word all day. But when I talk to my family and deal with people on a day-to-day basis who need deliverance and prayer, I'm not going to say, well, you know what the word says. Jesus says it. No, I'm going to say, come here. Let me pray for you because I know the Lord. You know, you just do it. I had a young lady who I met one time, came in for a new patient appointment, one time in my office called to say she was kind of ready to get started but she had to wait and I was like what's going on I didn't know her I met her once and she was like um I just found out I was pregnant now me I'm just like okay all of a sudden the Holy Ghost like I went listen I'm gonna say this right now I know you don't know me but I really feel don't don't consider abortion this is bold because how are you gonna tell someone don't consider abortion I didn't know this ladies what was going on with her I said don't consider abortion I really believe God is going to use you and this baby and I'm just saying this stuff to her she's crying on the phone and was like I'm so glad you said that because I, I really was thinking of it. I had a friend who was telling me I really wasn't ready, that I should have an abortion, da 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 This is why you got to be so and flowing in the spirit to know that saved her life and that kid's life. Not that there's something wrong you have an abortion. Please hear me. I'm just saying that you got to hear right away, right now, what God is saying so you know how to speak forth into people's life to bring them deliverance and healing. That's why you can't be caught up in your own stuff, what you're dealing with. I'm having a sad day. I'm having a tough time. You got to push through your own stuff and help other people because that is the kingdom. Okay? Jesus. What did I say? No, I said if you had. That's what I mean. Come on, y'all. Clarify. Come on. Come on. Let me clarify this because here go the devil. Y'all know dang on well I wasn't talking about having an abortion. Okay? What I'm saying is if you had one, the Lord forgives you, you repent it, that's okay. Is that clarified? Make sure that's on, Patrick. Because then I have stuff coming through in emails. Thank you, Lou. And I'm glad y'all mentioned that. Because see, when you flow on and stuff, I'm not getting back real quick. Let me clarify it again. I'm not saying it is okay to have an abortion. I would never say that. It's against the word of the Lord. However, what I'm saying is that if you've had one, there is forgiveness for you. You repent, you will see your baby in heaven. Is that clear? You will see your baby in heaven. 
God is not sitting up there going, oh my gosh, I'm mad. You know, you're going to see your baby in heaven. Okay? That's clear. Yeah, he's so good that when we do stuff even, he still loves us and gives us grace and mercy regardless of it. He's so good. We're the ones that hold on to that stuff or think he's punishing us. He loves us so much. He's not punishing us. You wouldn't punish your own kids. So why would the Father in heaven, the Lord, punish us for something, especially when we repent? He don't remember anything that we've done. So I do. I speak healing then on the women who've had abortions. I declare healing over the women that the Lord just heals their heart right now in Jesus' name. There's a healing in that. And then you can also minister to other ladies. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I rebuke you, devil. Uh, 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 uh. Thank you for sisters and brothers up in the body going, whoa, whoa, whoa. That ain't what she meant. Listen. <laughs> Thank you for covering me. Because <laughs> we get a lot of letters for that one and messages for that one. And people really be leaving out of the church saying, they all believe in that. Listen, PT already had a problem with heresy. They said he was heresy and stuff. It was so stupid. And, and the guy stood up and sent letters to everyone. You remember that, Jim? You were here, right? Just, and I was looking like, I, I don't know how he did it and made it through that. But thank you, Jesus. He, he stayed and he focused on what God had called him to do. He focused on his overall. I have a function to be a pastor here. If you want to be here, great. If you don't, see you later. Bye. I got to finish and go forward in the kingdom. If you think I'm speaking something that's heresy, bye-bye. Go and pray about it. Okay. Jesus. All right, let me get back focused. You have a gift. You have a gift. <laughs> and it's such a wonderful gift. It's such a powerful gift. And because you have a gift that only that God has given you personally to do, you don't have to be jealous of anyone else's gift. You don't have to be envious of anyone else's gift, how they flow differently. It's okay. You have a wonderful gift. Stop comparing your gift to everybody else. I'm saying that because I did it. I compared my gift, my preaching to PT. I compared my preaching to Ben. I compared my preaching to another young lady that we had here. I started comparing myself and the Lord had to rebuke me. He said, I didn't call you to be a Tom. I didn't call you to be a Ben. I called you to be a Latasha. And I have to preach the way he has called me to preach because people need my gifting as well. Just like they need Ben's, they need uh, Pastor Tom's, they need Millionaire Man, they need Lou, they need Lauren, they need everyone's gifting. And then the Lord showed me this: not only are we comparing our, our gifts, but many people are hanging their gifts up to dry. And He starts showing me that many people in the body of Christ are developing what is called as atrophy. So I had to look up atrophy. Atrophy is decay; it's a, deteri a deterioration downfall, decline, is to partial or complete wasting away of a body part. There's, no, there's poor nourishment, poor circulation, loss of nerve supply to the target organ, lack of exercise. It's a result of a disease or loss of support. I want to stress again, it's for insufficient exercise. Your risk factor is a sedentary lifestyle, which means you are not being active and you're not moving in that gift. I don't want to see anybody in here developing atrophy. You've got to exercise your gift. You don't have to have a title. You don't have to have your function per se. You've got to exercise your gift. I don't care if you're going to speak to several people and say, hey, Jesus loves you. I don't care if you smile at someone and speaking to That is exercising your gift. If you can't feel comfortable to exercise your gift in here with us, you won't feel comfortable to exercise your gift out there. You have an opportunity in here to make mistakes. And say things, we can go, ooh, that was a little wrong. We love you. That was wrong. Just like y'all to correct me real quick. No, no, she don't mean that. 
do it in here. Okay? It's okay. Jesus, thank you, Lord. I say practice it here. Okay, last thing. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13. Oh, no, we're not. Don't go there. Just kidding. I'm going to read it to you. I have it right here. Just kidding. Last thing I'm going to talk about is maturity. So we have the fivefold that helps us. The fivefold help equip us with our gifts. Also, the fivefold helps us to get to a place of maturity. Okay. We need some mature, stable believers. We just don't need believers. Mature and stable ones. First Corinthians 13, 11 says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Now that I become a man or woman, I am done with childish, childish ways and have put them aside. First Corinthians 14, 20 says in the message Bible, to be perfectly frank, I love the message Bible. I call it my ghetto Bible. It just very, they say things a little differently. It just, okay, you hear it right here. To be perfectly frank, I'm getting exasperated with your infantile thinking. How long before you grow up and use your head, your adult head? It's all right to have a childlike unfamiliarity with evil. A simple no is all that's needed there. But there is far more to saying yes to something. Only mature and well-exercised intelligence can save you from falling into gullibility. Okay, turn to Ephesians 4, 14. Let me read that one really quickly. Talking about maturity. Say maturity. maturity. Amen. So Ephesians 4, we're going to go just to 14. 14 and 15. So then we may no longer be children tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and wavering with every changing one of doctrine, the prey of the cunning and the cleverness of unscrupulous men, gamblers engaged in every shifting form of trickery and inventing errors to mislead. Rather, let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, and folded in love. Let us grow up in every way and in all things into him who is the head even Christ the Messiah the anointed one and then we're going to go to Hebrews 6 6 1 therefore let us go on and get past the elementary stage in the teachings and doctrine of Christ, the Messiah, advancing steadily toward the completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. Let us not again be laying the foundation of repentance and abandonment of dead works, debt formalism and of faith by which you turn to God with teachings about purifying the laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead and eternal judgment and punishment. These are all matters of which you should have fully been should have been fully aware long, long ago. If indeed God permits, we will now proceed to advanced teaching. Listen, everybody is called here to maturity, okay? You may start off as a baby, and that's okay. You start off as a baby, but the goal isn't to stay a baby. Eventually, you're going to have to walk in your authority and your power as a representative of the kingdom of God to raise up other lines so that they can hear their roar to take in territory, 
You got to always look for opportunities to grow. Even if people throw dirt on your name, you got to say, thank you, Father, for the dirt, because I'm going to use this as an opportunity to grow. And you go, thank you for the fertilizer, baby, because I'm going to grow through the fertilizer. Amen. We are being perfected, matured, and stable in this hour, because in order to grow, you must have stability. And I mean being stable mentally, physically, financially, and relationally. Here at TCVC, we give you the meat of the word. You're going to chew on it. You're going to be sustained. Milk, I just found out because my daughter is, is doing a grad school. So she's on the pediatric side. So she's telling me, Mommy, can you believe uh, breast milk only lasts in the baby's milk, I mean, in the stomach for an hour and a half? When they have formula, formula doesn't digest until four hours. I'm like, wow. So I start thinking, if we just feed milk here, and let's say it's breast milk, you only going to be sustained while you're here. <laughs> when you go out, you don't even know the word. We give you meat because it takes several days, actually, for your system to digest meat, right? So as I'm saying, as, as the Lord is saying, we got to get rid of the baby stage, get rid of the milk, let's chew on some meat so we can be sustained for what is happening and what is to come. you got to have the meat of the word. So it's time for you to raise up, not be little babies anymore, get rid of the rattlers, Take the, the, the passy out of your mouth. You got to yank it out. No more of having a baby bottle, especially people who have been in this word for 5, 10, 15 years and you're still dealing with the same thing. We got to talk to you because it's not my fault, Ben's fault, PT's fault. There's something going on in you that you are still dealing with the same stuff, still manifesting on the same stuff, still getting upset over the same stuff. And you've been here under this word for so many years. So it's going to be time for you to admit, take responsibility, say, what do I need to do to get past this so I'm not repeating the same cycles? Amen, right? Because you got to pick your sword up because you can't stay a baby. You can't pull out your baby bottle anymore. Pull the sword out and let's get busy. Be equipped. You are mature, and if you're not fully mature, you're on your way to maturity. I say that. Say, I'm mature. Say it again. I'm mature. I feel if you're saying it and saying it, it's going to click. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. I'm mature. When things happen, someone act a fool in front of you and they're trying to get you to go there, I'm mature. Someone say something contrary to the word of God and you know you want to get in there, you're like, mm, I'm mature. I'm not going to start an argument. I'm not going to have an argument with you because you don't want to lose your witness with people. And sometimes people just ain't worth the energy. I'm not going to argue with you. You got your way of thinking fine. If you don't want to hear what I have to say that can bring forth deliverance for you, okay, walk on. Somebody does. Someone does. Let me tell you, none of us have arrived to maturity. All of us are working out something that God is dealing with us on. I thank him for that. I'm like, thank you, Lord. You're telling me I need to tweak that part. Oh, okay, thank you, Lord. You're saying I need to switch that, not do that anymore. We're all walking something out. God wants us to be perfected and walk in that and to hear stuff. And when we hear something, don't just change the behavior. Transform your own heart with it because if you just change the behavior, you do it again. You got to have transformation and revelation that you receive the word, it clicked, and you're like, I'm not doing this anymore. Because that's what the enemy do. He'll put that back out there and see, you're going you're gonna to react the same way? You're going to still do it? You're going to do this again? Nope, I'm not going to do it again. Because mature people don't react any longer. They know how to respond. And you respond in the, by the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you, uh, uh, mature people know how to apologize. Mature people know how to say, I'm sorry when they're wrong. Take another step. Mature people know how to say sorry even when they're right. That's a tough one. You are right. You are 100% correct, but you still got to go and say, I'm sorry that I hurt you. Regardless, 
that's mature people. I know a lot of us still got to work on that. A mature person can, can tell when they missed the mark, too. They can tell they missed the mark. A mature person could take a correction from leadership and not take it personal and want to run out of the church because they get offended and they want to leave. You don't understand sometimes when that person's saying something to you, it's not that they're saying it to, to hurt you. They're saying it because they're trying to help you to grow. And then when they're trying to take it, the enemy gets in and then you take it personal thinking, no, you're saying this about me. No, it's not because I, what I have and what you have, you're giving people so they can grow and be mature and then change that. Has nothing to do with anything else. We just want you to do better, to be better. You know what I mean? Maturity is forgiveness and taking responsibility and not looking at other people and blaming them. And what else we have to stop as far as being maturity is stop picking out the plank in other people's eye and look at your own self. I'm going to say that one again. Look at your own self and stop looking at everybody else, what's going on with them, what's wrong with them. Take the plank out of your eye. The thing is, I can't even, I'm surprised you can even see what's going on with somebody else because your plank's so big, you, you, need, a, you need a chisel. <laughs> Jesus, listen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You know what I'm saying. I'm just trying to be funny here. Trying to be funny. But we know that's how we get. I had my brother ask me, Tasha, why is it people who are Christian always so judgmental? So I'm like, okay, Lord, how do I answer this? Because I'm thinking, you doggone right. <laughs> but I want to do the, the nice Pastor Tosh way. So I said, listen, we got work to do, Robbie, just like you have work to do. And oh, I said his name. Just like you have work to do and other people. I said, but I can tell you this. I said, the people who are, don't go to church always think that people in the church are judgmental because if we're saying something to someone who's in the body of Christ with us and they should know better because it's in the word, that's not being judgmental. We're, we're looking at their fruit. And right now their fruit is not representing our father in heaven. So we can say stuff to them. Now I'm not going to judge someone who's homosexual or someone who is living I'm not gonna they don't know I won't say I can't say to them what are you doing you know better no but I can go to millionaire man and go listen what are you doing well we know he won't but I just <laughs> we can say things to people in the body because you're representing the church you're representing our daddy I'm not gonna say anything to people outside you understand that okay and let me just say this really quickly please don't confuse maturity with somebody who's religious Sometimes people think that because I'm going to tell you, religious people every time will take some verses from the Bible and try to make it fit their narrative. They'll tell you tongues ain't for today. Deliverance isn't for today. Women shouldn't preach, but I think I'm up here preaching. I don't know. I'm just saying women can't be in leadership. Yeah. Short hair, <laughs> no jewelry, no tattoos. Yes, listen, listen. Apostles and prophets aren't for today. They want to be the Holy Ghost for everybody. And when you go and tell them, no, that doesn't line up, then you're the crazy one, okay? Religious, I, I believe the religious voice has taken over the church so much. That's why we have so much stuff going on in the world today is because religion has taken the place of the true ecclesia for us raising up and doing what God has called us to do. And it's time for us to do that. 
Let me remind you this too. The the harsh words in the Bible, when Jesus was saying things to people, he wasn't going to gay men and women saying, giving them a harsh word. He wasn't going to people who, who dressed a certain way that people felt was provocative or sexy. He wasn't going to the people who, who um, were into new age type uh, things. He wasn't going to the Democrats. He was going to the people in the synagogue. He was going to the religious people and giving them the harsh words. That's us. Because we should know better. He was talking to the ones who was going to the synagogues every week. See, y'all don't want me to talk about that. Y'all don't want me to talk about that. Look, I'm done with religion. People know that. Religion's time is up. It's long time being up and I'm done with it. It got to go. The time is up. Just like Satan, your time up, religion, your time up right with it, okay? Because we're going to start aligning to the priorities of God. We're starting to align our priorities to what is important to him, not us. We're a product of our priorities, so where you are today is based on your own priorities. Don't blame God. Repent. Take responsibility. We need to give God our full rule, reign, and dominion over our lives, not the flesh, not our feelings, not our emotions, because every time our feelings and emotions and flesh is going to lie to you, every time. you got to be intentional about God. Be intentional about the word of God. When you're under a fivefold, you are intentional on making God a priority. And when you're under a fivefold, you recognize when doctrine is off. When you're under fivefold, you have this heightened ability to go, uh, that teaching and preaching, that's an error. And let me just say this. When you are a mature believer, you cannot align yourself up with people who are speaking things contrary to the word of God. I don't care if they say one thing or a couple things wrong, but their truth in here, that is the devil. He comes as an angel of light to appear to say, hey, I am true in this area, but I'm wrong all over here. You can't go to God and say, mature me, but you're aligning yourself with stuff that doesn't even line up with the word of God. I don't care if they've been your friends for 10, 15 years. You cannot align up with stuff like that and expect God to bless you. You can't sit and talk to somebody else about the word of God, but you align it with other stuff that ain't properly lined up with the word. I don't care how great it sounds. People think they go into this deeper revelation. It ain't that deep. God's word is very easy right here. We get it. But when you aligning yourself up with something that's, if you with somebody who ain't trying to be under the fivefold and you aligning yourself with that and think that's going to be listening to what they have to say, you're in error. Y'all don't want to hear me say that. Listen, I got to say what he's putting on me to say. I'm telling the truth. It's the truth. The truth sets you free. I love y'all too much. I don't want anything hindering you. See, that's what the devil does, bring you something and you get in this fresh new thing and it's okay to be here. No, it's not. God is raising us up. This is why the church has been in trouble so long because we continue to be aligned with stuff that ain't aligned with him. It's not a priority with him. It hurts him. And we still think it's okay because it's our flesh and our nice thing that we don't want to change or we want to be comfortable. God is saying, get out of the comfort, comfort zone and get out and start pushing things. Be uncomfortable and do it for him. Be careful. Be careful who you are listening to. That's why you hear PT when he says he turns the radio on and this, this pastor is saying something, click. You got to click it off. You can't align. You can't let that stuff in your spirit. We got to be better than this. We watching all kind of crazy movies as believers of Christ. We lining up with crazy type books that deals with witchcraft, warlock, this and that. And then we like, Lord, bless me. No, we can't be blessed if we're not aligned with what he is saying. He's against witchcraft. He's against warlock stuff. He's against that. He speaks about that in the word. I'm going to end with this. Jesus, thank you. You have this gift and it's time for you to mature in that gift. So you can go forward and bring forth the kingdom of heaven here on earth. People are waiting for you to bring them into the kingdom. 
Don't say they're waiting on Jesus. No, you have someone that's in you, that's Jesus, that he wants you to go out and get them and bring them in the kingdom. So right now, come against every spirit right now that tries to keep you silent. In Jesus' name, I come against every spirit right now that tries to hold you back and going forward in what God has called you to do. I come against every spirit of distraction, every spirit of religion, every prayerless spirit, every pity me spirit. I come against that right now in Jesus name. I come against pride and you putting down your weapons. I come against that right now. It's time for you to raise your weapons back up. No more delays, no more decoys, no more counterfeits, no more concealed to carry. Cause I'm telling you right now, you are open to carry in Jesus name. I say, bride, rise up, the bride of Christ. Rise up and come out right now in Jesus' name. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, rise up out of you right now in Jesus' name. You're a product of this kingdom. You're a product of this kingdom word. You're a product of deliverance. You're a product of healing. And you got to take that product and give it to other people. It's free. It's free. So, Father God, right now, I just speak over everyone here, Father, that they have a hunger and a thirst after you, that they will take that light that they have, Father, and defeat darkness. They will defeat, defeat evil right now in Jesus' name. They will go forward and that, that uh, anointing of a, the fivefold right now to bring forth people into the kingdom. I speak forth boldness over everyone here. I speak forth confidence over everyone here in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that revival is taking place in each and every one of us. I rebuke you, Satan, right now, and I rip your roots out of everyone's heart right now. I rip the, I rip the roots out of unforgiveness, of hindrances, of distractions, of not being able to do it, and I call them forth right now in Jesus name to do what God has called them to do father we just thank you for this word and I thank you that as everyone hears it father there will be a stirring in their spirit in their river right now to go forward and do the mighty things that you have called us to do father I thank you for everyone in their call their purpose their mandate their assignment to be loosed right now for them to go forward I thank you Lord that they will not listen to the opinions of other but father stand on the opinion of you and what you say in your word we love you we bless you we give you glory in Jesus name and amen Amen. Thank y'all for staying the whole time. Like I said, Wednesday, we got Pat and Christy. Don't y'all love the TVs up now? Yeah. It's great. We love the TVs. And if um, I don't want you, if you can go, but if you want me to pray for you, I'll be happy to. But you can go. But if you want that, that to be released in you, the anointing to go to the next level, glory. the kingdom